Dr. Eschel. We've been out in the open skies for a few days now, and I'm still surprised that I can manage to bring myself to the top deck, let alone do anything on it. I can't believe how easily it came back to me. Keeping up with the crew, ship maintenance, even a bit of rigging work, though my stamina isn't what it used to be. But I haven't had any major attacks since that first attempt to come up from the cabin. I think I have that cute little stag hair to thank. Such an empathetic little bugger seems to follow a few of us around on the ship. I'm reminded both of what I loved and hated about being on the skies for a living. The fresh air and sheer beauty of the open skies still remain, despite everything that happened. But already we've been attacked out here, and by those in the same employ as us? I mean, what is there to gain from sabotaging all of your colleagues? Is the Dragon's Hand really going to pay you more for what gets found? Are you going to find anything on your own if you take everyone else out? <sighs> that arrogant Goldfeather sure lives up to his family's reputation. And more. I'm also still concerned about my crew. The Hearthfleet steamers inspire nothing but confidence in me, and I'm grateful to have their skill and company on board. But Fausta and her chosen team are also new to this, except for Chip. However, even he brings some naivete to the mix. Tulin seems to have some serious trauma eating away at him under the skin, for one so young and sheltered. And I do worry that Fausta doesn't realize the full weight of what she has undertaken. Her first ship, having to bypass a military blockade, and having the rare honor of being known to the Gold Feathers. I hope I'm doing enough to help her bear the burden alongside Wagnera. Gods, I hope I brought enough medication for this. Chair adventurers, and welcome to Red Desert Roleplay, an actual play podcast where friends from across Wyoming collaborate on an epic interactive story. I am your game master, Aaron Volner. You can find out more about me at AaronVolner.com if you wish to do so. I do have a disclaimer for any of our listeners out there who are parents of children under the age of 16. Uh, do use discretion when listening to our show as it is intended for adults and older teens. Um, just a heads up, we will be playing without one of our usual cast members tonight. Jeremy Gomez was not able to join us, so the character of Chip will be uh, slightly on autopilot tonight. Um, so just be aware of that going in. And hey, speaking of our characters, uh, let's go ahead and introduce the rest of them. Starting off with Jerry Evans. Hey, this is Jerry. Um, I will be reprising my role as Wilhelm, the dashing, um, afraid-of-everything diplomat of the Scarlet Keelan. All right. And next up we have Jessica Evans. Hey, I'm Jessica. Um, 
I guess in case you guys forgot already, I will be playing the role of Fausta, and I just wanted to throw out that you can find Red Desert Roleplay on social media. You can find us on Twitter at official underscore RDRP. You can find us on Facebook at RDRP official and Instagram at official underscore RDRP. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe, and all of those fancy things that you do on social media. And uh, last but not least, we have Don Probst. Welcome back, everyone. I'll be uh, returning to the role of Tulin this evening. And uh, we've got some exciting stuff in store for you, so come along. Huzzah! Okay, now, you guys may remember when we left off last time, Scarlet Keelan was docked between two capital ships in the armada surrounding the city ship of Fathomless Heaven. It was uh, docked there between the VSS Diamond Riposte and the HMS Iron Gizzard from Verathi and the Aurai Nation, respectfully. Respectively, rather. Uh, <laughs> and you were about to meet, so uh, Fausta and Wilhelm were crossing the deck and they were about to go meet Lord Commander Quiridon, the leader of the Aurai fleet that is part of this blockade. And uh, Fausta had just been bumped into by one of the steamers aboard, the Diamond Riposte, and informed of a rather startling piece of information. So, Fausta, what's your reaction to this? Um, I can't remember is, I don't remember if Vegner is there or not, so I think after getting bumped into, um, she's going to go to Wilhelm and just as casually as possible, I think she'll probably like interlock arms with him and just lean in as quietly as possible and say, we might have a problem. That's that's not exactly uh, the kind of thing I want to hear in a moment like this, but what is the problem? So you know about the rogue Ari that stole that Verathi ship? Yes, I do. The commander who stole it is my brother. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> it was it was rhetorical. Um Oh boy. Well, <laughs> apparently that is not um, leverage that I can use if things get dire. So let's hope things don't get dire, shall we? What the hell? What? What? Okay. First off, your brother is is in the military, but also just so happens to be on the ship. What? He's not on the ship anymore, as far as I know. Oh, of course not. Jesus. I mean. Whatever, whatever, uh, son of a deity they would use as an expletive in this world. Son of a Gandalar. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's just, let's, let's just not mention Edmund. Okay. Oh, uh, I mean, uh, Mentioning Edmund was never something I knew was going to be on the table, so don't worry. Well, don't say his name that loud. 
People it's say fine. his name that loud. <laughs> it's fine. Everything is fine. Where's Vignera? And I'm I'm going to look around for Vignera. So he is um, he's following a few paces behind you, kind of off to the right, uh, off to the right a little bit, which is sort of the um, the standard location for an attendant, like at court, to be following behind their lord or lady. Hmm. Um. Fast is going to lean into Wilhelm and be like, "Is it going to look really weird if I back up and whisper to Vagnera real quick?" Isn't that the whole reason he's supposed to follow behind, so that he's there if you need him? I don't know. I've never been in this sort of situation before. I I I think you're fine. I think we'll probably need. Wagner is help. Uh, like, I don't know how else to guide you on this. We're gonna we're gonna go talk to Lord Commander Quiridon. You talk to Wagnera as you see fit. Okay. So Fausta is gonna like unlink her arm from Wilhelm and just kind of start slowing down to meet pace with a uh, Wagnera, and then lean over and. Tell Vagnera, Vagnera, Edmund may have done something terrible. <laughs> I see. I take it that is what that young man who imprudently bumped into you had to say, yes? Yes, he uh, apparently led the um, group of rogue soldier- soldiers to steal that Verathi ship. And I don't hmm. know if he has disappeared on the Fathomless Heaven or if he has survived. I don't know where Edmund is. Hmm. Well, I suppose that makes it all the more important for us to get past this blockade, then, doesn't it? Yes. You may recall earlier I said that we should adhere to social decorum when dealing with Lord Quiridon. Yes. I believe perhaps, with your permission, I will take that up a step further and do formal introductions. I'm not entirely sure how the Lord Commander will react to this, but it will certainly give us a good impression. Very well. As, as you see fit. Thank you, Vignera. Of course, Miss Fausta. And then I think Fausta's gonna, like, hurriedly trot back up to, uh, right next to Wilhelm. And just keep moving forward. I think Wilhelm's going to go, you know, in the future, you could you could give a little gesture to have him come to you, and it'll be a real power play in front of others. No offense to Vagnera, but just wanted to let you know. Ah, uh, yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. So about this time on the uh, ramp that is connecting the diamond repost with the iron gizzard, you guys see a form uh, come gliding down out of the rigging and a very imposing looking Aurai lands on the ramp there. He is dressed in full military regalia and uh, he has the appearance of, uh, so the type of owl that he resembles is sort of like a great horned owl. Of course it is. <laughs> of course, right? And 
you know, he cuts, you know, I mean, you've, you've met Lord Quiridon before, Fausta, but he cuts a much more intimidating figure than you remember. Um, you know, he's very broad-shouldered, and his wings are kind of held out at sort of a... So the Aurai would have, like, this deal of, like, holding their wings at attention, so it's almost like they could take flight, you know, if they were able to achieve powered flight. Um, you know, they would could take off at a moment's notice. Oh my goodness, have we actually mentioned that the Aurai can't fly yet in the podcast? Yeah, uh, so you did... You did bring up, I want to say specifically, the the little asshole that tried to frame us as attackers and also tried to, like, screw us up back there. I, I can't remember. Gold Feather? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. um, Pomponius. Isn't it Pomponius? Yeah, Pomponius. Pomponius. <laughs> um, I believe you've mentioned that he can fly. I can't remember if you did specify that most Aurai cannot. Okay. In context, I think that was back at the at the tavern, you know, right at the fog swell back in town. Yeah. So um, I'll go ahead and say it here just in case we haven't mentioned it yet. So we'll have it. <laughs> um, the Aurai, they used to be an entirely flighted species. They were all capable of powered flight. But over the last several millennia, they have slowly lost their ability of powered flight and so most of them are simply able to glide now they can't actually achieve powered lift but there are a few remaining who are still able to actually achieve powered flight um but lord commander queerdon is not one of them he just glided down from the rigging and he lands there and he uh, rotates his head around to survey the scene and kind of catches a glimpse of the Scarlet Keelan across the Diamond Repost deck. And uh, he says, Archer, what in the world is going on here? Well, Lord Commander, uh, I think I should let these good people explain that for you, if you don't mind. Shall you? Very well. And he pointedly turns his head on your group. And with that as his cue, Vagnera steps forward, and he does like a very formal and very practiced version of the Aurai bow, with putting his wings out to almost make himself more like a prey animal in a very deep bow. Uh, you know, makes himself like a target, you know, kind of deal. He says, Lord Commander Quiridon Silverwing, it is my distinct honor and privilege to introduce to you the Retro Lady Fausta of the House Perabeek Garnet Wing of the Miracle Clutch of that family, and her associate Wilhelm of the Verathi, if it please, my lord. And then he stands and just sort of steps back to kind of make himself less of a presence in the proceedings. So, um, Lord Quiridon raises an eyebrow. And uh, he says, I am certainly impressed by your sense of decorum, Lady Fausta, but there is hardly need for such formalities out here. We are technically in a battle zone, after all. Well, thank you, Lord Quiridon. Um, it, you know, decorum is, is important. 
I didn't realize that things were so contentious out here that it would be technically a battle zone at this point. Hmm. As far as I am concerned, any mission that specifically involves keeping anyone away from something means that we are in a battle zone. There may not be enemies here yet, but we must be primed. Primed? For exactly who would the enemies be? Our orders, specifically from our governments, are that we are to keep anyone from crossing to the city ship. While we certainly would not treat any ship coming through, uh, every ship coming through as a threat that needs to be sunk, we certainly will treat them as hostile should they attempt to cross. Hmm. So, uh, what happened to the ship that just broke past the blockade? So his head snaps over to Commander Archer and he says, What ship that got past the blockade? And, uh, Archer kind of puts his hand up to his forehead like, oh, no. <laughs> he says, I was hoping we could get the other part of the conversation out of the way before we mentioned this, Lord Commander, but... Yes, there was a ship flying a Strigacast flag that managed to make it through the blockade... Some of the men on a uh, Aurai Nation ship got confused by the flag and didn't fire when they likely should have. And uh, Quiridon kind of narrows his eyes and says, There are ships from both nations in every part of this blockade, Archer. I do hope you are not trying to lay the entire blame for this mishap on my men. Oh, oh certainly not, Lord Commander. Certainly not. I think at this point, Wilhelm uh, puts up a hand to, to make his presence known and and says, um, I, I would also like to emphasize blame isn't being placed on either side. Um, the means by which the other ship was able to get across were of complete deceit. Um, they played themselves to be a sort of victim and even tried to frame us in the midst of it all. The ship had on board a a runic summoner and and made it look as if they were being attacked by some sort of summoned demon, one that they attacked us with uh, just moments before we were anywhere near the barricade. Our plan was always to stop and and port and negotiate our arrival here before uh, taking any other actions, but um. Whether or not you are aware, there is a third party that has sought to make an investigation of the ship, and they pretty much left us all to find our own means to get in. It seems fairly clear that the other ship, who I believe was of the Goldfeather family, and makes a point of uh, emphasizing Goldfeather... Um, I believe it was their plan all along to create some sort of diversion. And also work with slavers. Hmm. Okay, Wilhelm, give me a diplomacy roll, if you would. Okay. Hey, that's my one good skill. It would really suck if I crit failed this. Um, I got a 13. My scale, my skill is 15, so I make it by two. All right. So... Quiridon listens 
thoughtfully. And he uh, turns to Archer and he says, You accept this explanation? Yep. He's got it right on the nose, Lord Commander. Very well. I suppose under the circumstances, we have larger things to be worried about then, as opposed to specifically why this ship was able to get through. Certainly sounds like we're going to have our hands busy if what you say is true about this third party. Um, I'm sure you're probably aware of who the dragon's hand is. Dragon's hand? Are you certain? Yes. Um, they organized, um, well, I, I should say organized as maybe being generous, but they did a, a call to arms. Uh, man, maybe I shouldn't say arms. Um, they put a call out for various crews to try to make their way to the Fathomless Heaven in order to um, investigate because they felt that with the current tensions between several nations about the arrival of the ship, that um, nothing was being discovered in the meantime. Um, that being said, we decided to be upfront about bringing our ship in and, and requesting that we might be able to make passage across the blockade, especially with um, the work that Lady Fausta here is trying to do as part of her studies at the university back on uh, Verathi. Um, Lady Fausta, would you care to speak more to that? Yes, Commander Queerdon. Um, this is tied into my graduate project, and I it's it's important to find something on the ship that might signify why it disappeared so long ago and why it has reappeared. I see. I believe it would be best to continue this conversation in my quarters. And with that, he turns on his heel and starts heading below decks, just kind of assuming that you guys are going to follow him. Well, let's get a move on then. All right, so he takes you guys down below deck to his office down there. And as soon as the door is closed and um, guys are kind of settled in there, he turns to Fausta and he says, What have you told, gesturing to Wilhelm, this man and the rest of your crew about what is happening? As, as far as what, Lord Queerdon? As far as the actual reason you are here. I mean, they all know that I'm here for my graduate project. So he, uh, <laughs> once again raises one of his eyebrows at you. It's a favorite gesture of his. <laughs> <laughs> he says, Lady Parabeek Garnetwing, your house may be new to the politics of the Aurai, but do not think for a moment that I believe such a story as you are simply here for a graduate project. Considering everything happening in the High Court, I want to know the real reason you are at this vessel. Sir, I haven't been to the High Court in years. I've been away at the University of Tolonis, and this is the reason that I'm here. To discover why the Fathomless Heaven disappeared, and where 
its people went and why it's here now. Faust is going to, like, look nervously at Wilhelm. Uh, Wilhelm's going to look back to um, Quiridon after getting this look and, uh, you know, kind of look to Fausta and go, no offense. Um, and then turn to Quiridon and go, um, she is absolutely telling the truth um, in regard to anything going on at the high court. I don't think she is aware of any politics taking place. Um, to be completely honest, I haven't been privy to these these happenings myself, um, only really getting back in the game uh, with this mission here. Her, she does have a an assignment to be here. That being said, I, I believe you understand that with the announcement of her surname, that was intentional. And that maybe you know that we are aware of something that may have taken place or been made aware of it. Have you received any communications from your brother recently? No, sir, I have not. As far as I knew, he was stationed north. I thought he was at Dragon's Peak. Well, that was where young Edwin was stationed before this fleet was scrambled, that's for certain. Edwin? Oh, did I say Edwin? Sorry. Edmund. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I'm trying to decide if I should require a role here or not. What would the role be if you were going to require it? From whom? And what? Whence? My friend, whence? Do do do. I'm thinking of asking for a diplomacy from Fausta. Guess who just raised their talent? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you guys ready for this? This is neat. Oh no. Oh no. So my diplomacy skill is at 11 and I have rolled a 16. Mm. Okay, so uh, Queer Don is not convinced. He says, hmm, milady, I have always heard good things about your family, new to the Stritter cast as they may be. I am sad to see that you have taken so quickly to the less desirable aspects of our politics. I'm afraid I must insist that you not leave this ship until I am able to determine the full extent of what you have leaked about the goings-on in the High King's court. Um, Wilhelm's gonna turn to Fausta and go, you need to be more specific with him about what your project is about. Um, oh, okay. Um, again, Lord Queerdon, I don't know anything about what's going on in the High Court. I haven't, the only family that I've been in touch with recently is my brother Julianus, who is also in Talonis. Um, you know, as, as far as, as what my project is, I was 
my advisors, Professor Everick at the University of Tolonis, um, and he has asked me to try to uncover the true purpose of the Fathomless Heaven. Um, his colleague from 50 years ago, Professor Xavier, was aboard this ship and allegedly suggested that the true purpose of this ship was being concealed and it is my job to discover what happened to him and uncover the true purpose of the ship. Mm. An interesting cover story, I'll certainly give you that. Do you honestly expect me to believe, given what happened with Edmund, that you are here for some other purpose? That you just happen to be here looking for some other piece of information? What did happen to Edmund? And why would you be here if you didn't already know? Sir, I haven't spoken to Edmund in months. I'm going to do I'm going to do a reaction roll for this one. <laughs> Wilhelm, help! I don't know how much Wilhelm can help right now. I I'm, I'm trying to think of a way like to go, "Hey, <laughs> just listen here." I mean, I don't know. But apparently I'm stuck on the ship. So <laughs> So, um yeah, Quiridon is not convinced by your plea, and he says, I will be informing Commander Archer that we will be taking custody of your ship. Lady Fausta, you will be shown to quarters. You are not to leave them until I say otherwise. As for you, he turns to uh, Wilhelm and he says, I suggest you give a great deal of thought to telling me exactly what it is you know if you expect to get out of this without too many repercussions. And then he uh, jangles a bell on his desk and a pair of Aurai guards step in. All right. Um, I was made aware that you've had a problem, that a ship was taken by force, and we only found out when coming to meet you by some deckhand, uh, and I can't even remember, um, was this steamer uh, an Aurai or a Varathi? Uh, he was a Varathi. Okay, so um, we only found out from a random Varathi that bumped into Fausta that the ship was commandeered and taken by her brother. But I was made aware that a ship was taken and that there were issues, that, that there were problems aboard here. Beyond that, beyond any of that, we have no relationship to anything else that's going on here. We are trying to get through. That is our only goal here. And, and I'm just going to go again. I'm very sorry to say this to Fausta, but I'm going to go. She is far too naive to be involved in any of the convoluted Aurai politics that are taking place here or that have ever taken place. I can't think I the only people I know that are less privy to the ways of the world are the rest of our main crew on the ship. If you would like, you can meet them. <laughs> If you need evidence. 
Uh, go ahead and give me diplomacy. All right. I rolled an eight, so I made that by seven. Okay, so Grudon is kind of tense, and he sort of seems to soften a little bit as you talk. Um, Respectfully, sir. I just (laughs) added the end. (laughs) Some of his feathers, you know, were kind of standing out, and they sort of start to (laughs) fold back in. He says, hmm. Well, perhaps against my better judgment, I believe you're being honest with me. So, either this young lady has unwisely chosen not to share the specifics with her partner in crime, or perhaps you really are unaware of what's going on here. Dismissed, he says to the two steamers, and they kind of bow and head out of the room. So, it has been some time since you've heard of the goings-on in court. How long, precisely? Um, Vagnera? (laughs) (laughs) Do you recall the last date that I received any news from mother and father, or any of, or Edmund, or, or Tashi? And uh, Vagnera takes a step forward there where he would kind of blend it in with the back wall of the office. (laughs) He says, You have received word from your parents recently. However, they very rarely mention any of the dealings of the High King's court in their letters to you, Miss Fausta. The last time they mentioned any such thing was last year before the start of term. Hmm. So it's been quite a while, Lord Quiridon. I think Wilhelm also chimes in. Uh, during my time at the University of Tolonus, it was uh, they do tend to uh, keep keep quite a barrier up between the politics of the world and your studies. For what it's worth, mm. a noble aspiration for a school, I must say. Well. I cannot inform you of what's going on there. If your parents have chosen not to reveal the information to you, I must assume that they have a good reason for doing so. Quite frankly, it's sensitive enough that I'm almost glad you are unaware. However, you do know of your brother's actions, so I shan't try and keep that from you. And what of Edmund? We know that the survivor that was seen scuttling the ship was not Edmund. Lord Quiridon, not only do I have a duty to complete this mission that I originally was on, but please, sir, let me go on. I I need to find my brother. So he, uh, you can tell he's conflicted. He's uh, thinking about it for a minute. He finally says, I cannot, in good conscience... Approve passage through this blockade for the purposes of an unofficial investigation. I cannot, in good conscience, approve passage through this blockade for the purposes of recovering one family member, particularly if that mission is headed up by that person's loved one. I can, however, contract a group to recover my officers that were lost aboard that wreck. I would 
guess that we are in a position to be contracted to recover them, if I understand correctly, Lord Queridon. Lord Commander Queridon. Hmm. An independent group such as yourself could be contracted in such a way, yes. You would, of course, need to understand that you would not have the full support of this fleet. Should you find yourself in trouble, you will be on your own once you are past the blockade. I think that is a risk that we were already intending to make. Or take. Very well. There is one thing I feel in good conscience I should inform you of, particularly yourself. Miss Fausta, before you agree to undertake this contract, of late some rather odd things have been happening with the women aboard the ships on both the Aurai and Varathi fleets. We're not sure exactly what it is that's going on, but they've been found sleepwalking around the ship, staring out at the fathomless heaven for hours and then suddenly not remembering how they got where they are. They've been particularly irritable and prone to snapping at people. We wouldn't have taken much notice of it, except it seems to be all of them at one time or another. We're not sure what is causing this, but be very careful. I'm assuming you've had physicians examine them? Our shipboard surgeons can find nothing wrong. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Lord Commander, if you have anyone who would be willing to talk to us um, and tell us their perspective, I would love to hear it. But um, I, I will be very careful. So are you asking him if you can speak with one of the uh, women who's experienced this? Yes. Oh, okay. I believe that can be arranged, yes. And uh, Fast is going to look to Wilhelm. And, um, well, I believe we have our orders. Uh, I say that to Fausta and turn my attention back to Lord Queridon and, and bow and, and say, thank you for your understanding. And we graciously accept this assignment. All speed of the wing to you. And to you. Okay, so, uh, in the... Moments that follow here, one of Queerdon's officers um, puts you in uh, contact here, like kind of puts you guys off in a room with one of the uh, one of the women aboard ship there. Uh, so, what questions do you have for her? So, my thought in speaking to her, since um, I am a follower of Gandalar, is to maybe see if I can help her recover um, that time that was lost, recover any sort of memory or recollection, conscious thought that was happening while she was going through this. Um, so, of course, in that, you know, I would definitely need her consent and, um, you know, just the basic, are you, how are you feeling? Are you well? Can you tell us when this started happening and um, any other information you feel pertinent? So uh, she tells you that, you know, for the most part, she's been feeling good. But, you know, particularly at night, there's almost been like this indistinct 
noise that almost sounds like a voice coming from the fathomless heaven, but um, can't make out any words really or anything from it. But it's just distracting, and it comes and goes, and uh, kind of has given her a headache at different times, and it just kind of gives her like this urge to want to go to the ship. Hmm. And um, she does say that she's um, willing to help if you want to try anything to try and recover some memories. Yeah, so I actually haven't used um, divine magic in this system yet, I don't believe. so. You used it once. I did? I don't remember and how to do it. <laughs> it was the chase, right? Yeah, you used it once to try and figure out where they were taking... The urn. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. So I can't remember. Do I just roll for it and? Like... So basically, what you want to do first is you want to describe the effect that you're trying to achieve, just so we can make sure that it falls under your god's sphere of influence, because um, that will partially affect how difficult um, the roll is going to be. Or could affect it. So the way that I see it is kind of like, you know, in a very healer type fashion, I can see Fausta putting her hands on on this woman, like, and I don't want to say it in that kind of weird religious sense, but like, you know, um, more like a physician and calling upon that magic to help this woman, like, recall memories or um, have Fausta kind of share that link that they can try mm -hmm. to find those memories together. Um, maybe like, do I want to say hypnosis? Kind of like a divine hypnosis. Okay. Possibly, if that makes any sense. So are you um, trying to like see the memories from her point of view, or are you trying to be like a third party observer in the memory? Um, I, I would say probably a third party observer um i'm kind of thinking about like therapy and what is it em emd where um you know they have you tap your legs and the counselor's kind of walking through you through a traumatic experience but you know they're there in the room with you and you're describing what is going on so there's kind of like that that comfort there so that you know that you're not alone and that, you know, nothing is scary and nothing's going to get you. Um, so, yeah, I, very long way to say third party observer <laughs> in the memory. <laughs> okay. Uh, so go ahead and give me your divine magic roll. Well, damn. So my level is 12, and I rolled a 14. Okay, so you try, um, but you just can't summon the focus, and Gondolar does not answer your call on this. And uh, after a few minutes, the uh, woman kind of looks at you and says, Have you already started? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, well, you did really great. Um, 
We'll pick this up another time. Good job. You're... you're of the Strigil, aren't you? Yes. You think, considering the program and everything, do you think what's happening to us aboard the ship will affect the Lord Commander's reputation at all? Uh, Faust is going to look at Vegnera and go, program? I believe, Miss Fausta, this young lady is referring to the uh, pioneer program and having females be full combat officers in the Royal Navy. Lord Commander was Quiridon was selected to head up that pilot program. It only recently started when the Fathomless Heaven reappeared. Interesting. I... I don't think anything is going to negatively impact Lord Quiridon's reputation at this moment. Just, um... Stick with your routines and take care of each other, okay? Yes, we will. Thank you. And so that seems to have put her mind at ease as she gets up and exits the room to return to her duties. All right, well, I think it's time to get back to our own ship. All right. So are you guys going to... Do anything on the way back to the ship? Talk to anybody? Anything else? Or are you just going to head straight back? Uh, honestly, I don't know who else we would talk to on this ship. Um, is Commander Archer also still on the ship? Yeah, he would still be around. So he's probably on the um, the docking ramp between the two ships. Okay, um, I mean, I could see some value in maybe talking to him. I don't know if I should, if we should go around bugging other steamers on the ships, but also I'm, I'm worried that we're not uh, getting enough screen time for Don back there. So, I haven't heard me Tulin yet so far. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm good. This whole time, Tulin has been curled up in a ball, holding his ears. Um, it might, I guess it might be worth having a conversation with, uh, Archer then. Okay. So, uh, as you guys approach, Commander Archer, uh, looks at you and he's got a little bit of a concerned expression on his face. He says, well, how did it go? Wilhelm goes, we've been, um, contracted by Lord Commander Queridon to recover his, uh, crewmen that may have uh, absconded with the ship that was seen to be scuttled. So we will be taking off to complete this mission um, soon enough. Uh, I, I should say we, we had to be upfront about certain knowledge that we had in the first place, because it turns out there's uh, quite a lot of drama going on in the Court of the High King. Yes, Commander Archer, what do you know about that? A lot less than I'd like to. I know that there hasn't been much information coming out of the High King's Court lately. In fact, it's almost like the man has ceased to exist. He does all of his communicating through other people right now. Not sure why, I don't know. High Kings have always been somewhat eccentric throughout history. No offense, uh, uh, Lady Paraby Garnetwing. 
Archer, do you have any read on whether or not this particular High King has been that? Well, you know, actually, that's a question I think I might actually be privy to. Um, do I know of how the current Aurai High King has been known to act in the past? You know, whether or not him going radio silent is a normal occurrence? It would be really unusual for the current high king to just suddenly cut off communication like that. He's, um, he was one of the big proponents of the Fathomless Heaven project and um, was one of the world leaders who really helped bring everybody together to push that through. And Are we talking like 50 years ago? Like he's been around that yeah, long? He's, yeah, he's pretty old at this point. Oh, wow. He is, um, so he had just recently ascended the throne when the Fathomless Heaven Project came about. Um, so he is probably, he's old for an hour. He's probably like in his 80s now. Wow. Um, I think Wilhelm's just gonna, like, consider, you know, that knowledge and go, if, like, that's a bad sign if he hasn't been directly communicating like that that in its own speaks volumes boy we just uh picked a the the perfect time to do all this didn't we <laughs> did not have any idea that we'd be that uh we'd be greeted as potential political enemies <laughs> on board but anyway we squared that away um I imagine the sooner we can take off, the better, but it would be well within our... It, it would be to our benefit to take time and repair our ship and maybe get some rest before we take off. I will leave that, however, to my captain, uh, as he faces Fausta, as to when we will take off. But I just wanted to let you know, Archer, I didn't. I didn't necessarily... Spill the beans that I heard it from you, but I let them know we we heard something happen with one of the ships. But also one of your steamers let us know who um, who was in charge of that whole mutiny. So, uh, Archer kind of shakes his head and he says, "There are no secrets on a ship." Hey, loose lips sink them. Truer words never spoken, my friend. Truer words. Is there anything you think we should know before we head off towards the, the Fathomless? He says, no. I think I've told you pretty much everything I can on this. I would say be careful, but knowing you, you're already going to be. Hmm. Yeah, well, there's a, there's a few other people on this ship who... I uh, like to keep things interesting, so we'll see. <laughs> I think with that, we should get back to our ship and uh, talk to the crew, lay out a game plan, make sure that we've got all the supplies we need. All right. Until we meet again, Wilhelm. Going to give him one of those cool forearm shakes. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, you guys are back on the ship now. What is the game plan? So you'd mentioned you might want to rest. You guys want to take a 
bit to rest before you head out? Do you want to head out right away? I would be game to just keep going, but, um, you know, I do have two other folks on board who have a say in that as well. Well, uh, I say we make sure the the crew's well rested and yeah, we can leave on your command. All right. And I can't remember. Has anybody seen Tulin or talked to Tulin since uh, all of the things happened? Uh, Wilhelm shrugs. So we're going to say that uh, Malin is there. Let's join the conversation. And, um, so, well, last I saw Tulin, he was down below deck somewhere. Well, Fausta's going to, like, look at Vignera and nod her head and then look at Wilhelm and nod. <laughs> Just go, I think it's, uh, Malin, while you ensure that your crew are prepared to set sail for the ship at once, I think it would be it would be wise for all of us on this mission to debrief what exactly the mission is at this point. Of course, Captain. You you don't have to call me Captain. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, what, whatever you want, Captain. I mean, whatever you want. Uh, uh, whatever you want. <laughs> Faust is fine. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> Thank you. And I think Faust is just going to be like, I don't want to deal with this with the captain and the running of the ship anymore. Like, she's just going to look at Malin and be like, you can be the captain of this ship. Oh, hey, 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 hey. What? What? Why? What? Be careful with the word captain. Why? <laughs> that That is who was in charge of the ship. Don't just go telling people you're the captain of the ship now. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> I'm and so like when you initially said well, you're the captain of the ship now, Malin got like almost this panicked look on his face like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> when Fausta says, never mind, he like visibly relaxes just. <sighs> <laughs> Uh, Wilhelm goes you don't have to call her captain but you know she's the captain and he goes all like serious <laughs> eyes right right yes yes of course okay. of course Vignera <laughs> <laughs> I need to find a book on sailing I believe we can arrange something Miss Fausto thank you don't call me captain <laughs> oh, of course not, Captain Faust. <laughs> well, let's go. Let's go do a mission debrief. So, um, are you going to have just the main three there? Or you said you wanted some of the steamers there, too. I imagine Malin and probably Varela being there and then just, you know, a few of their subordinates to ensure that everybody knows like what the plan is in case what just so everybody knows what we are walking slash sailing into okay 
Do, but you did say, just for my own clarification, you did say you wanted him to get the ship underway first, right? Yes. Okay. So while you're gathering everybody up, uh, Malin gets the crew organized and they get the Scarlet Keelan underway and on a heading towards the Fathomless Heaven. And they get everything set where, um, you know, they can pretty much just have a couple crew members watching over it uh, to make sure that everything is smooth sailing. Uh, pretty gentle skies at the moment, thankfully, so they're able to do that. And um, you gather everybody up. Now, are you gathering them like on the top open deck of the ship or are you gathering them below deck somewhere? I would say below deck. Okay. So like maybe I'm trying to think. So probably the galley, like where you guys would eat and stuff, would have enough room to gather everybody. Yeah. Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay. So you have everybody gathered there in the galley. And um, Vagnera has taken it upon himself. He's kind of gone into the kitchen and, you know, he's there within earshot, but he's kind of like preparing little snacks and stuff <laughs> going around and discreetly handing them out to people. <laughs> he's the best. <laughs> he is. All right, so um, I think Faust is going to take, you know, take a seat at the head of the table and just, uh, <sighs> well, everyone, it has been, it has been such a hectic time on this ship, and I don't, thank you all for your hard work, I don't, we couldn't have gotten here without you, so um, one thing that I would like to do before we go any further, well, as we are going, is um, I would like to get to know everyone a bit better. So what we're going to do is we're going to do an exercise. Um, I'd like to go around the room. And I just, could you tell me your name, um, your your duties here on this ship, and then... Why you're here, and then I want to hear something interesting about you. So the uh, Havarg are kind of looking at each other like, huh, okay. <laughs> this is different. <laughs> but um, the one who dives in first is the shantyman, Jaylock. And he uh, raises his hand and he says, well, my name is Jaylock. And I am the shanty man aboard this ship. It is, it's my job to beat out the rhythms that help us do our work. And it's a job that I enjoy greatly. And a fact about me is that I was born without sight and I was born in the fog. And sometimes when the fog is close, it's almost like I can see. Not really, but almost like it. And then he kind of nods like, yeah, I think I did a good job doing that. <laughs> Sits back down. <laughs> I, I think Wilhelm claps, like, <laughs> and looks around to see, like, anybody else. <laughs> yeah. Great job, Jaylock. Thanks for sharing. So glad that you're here. Who's next? Oh, okay, kind of so, getting it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. 
Oh, I was going to say, are we going to go through like a bunch of Aaron doing a bunch of characters? I mean, or should... do you want me to do that? <laughs> I can. I, I think I, I, I mean, kind of, but no, not really. I think that's, that's a little cumbersome. It's going to be like 15 minutes of Aaron talking to himself. Right. So Faust is going to look at like Tulin and Wilhelm and not encouragingly. So okay. who's next? Um, I suppose I will go. My name is Wilhelm. Um, I was and um, am again a diplomat by trade. Um, and an interesting thing about me. <sighs> Let's see. Um, well, check this out. And he does the thumb thing. The thumb magic trick. <laughs> I learned that on a ship from some crew. Um, and uh, does does anybody laugh at that? He's trying to get a laugh. So uh, do I need a, a couple roll? of the Havard kind of like groan and shake their heads. But there's one of like one of the younger ones who's just like staring at you. wide eyed like, how did he do that? <laughs> uh, but on a serious note, on uh, some of my expeditions in the past i i helped around on the ship and i learned how to do um uh what is there a cool name we could come up with for like the technique of you know like traversing uh masts and stuff via grapple hook we do need to come up with a cool name for that gosh what would be a good name for that hmm gaffer <laughs> Yarcore. Yarcore. <laughs> let's let's not do that, but let's not keep do that, that in the back one, pocket. Um, Yarcore. Is... <laughs> um, what oh gosh. The only thing I can come up with is grapple masting, and that sounds way too uh um adult. <laughs> I was I was gonna let's say are you a hooker of some sort? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe this will help us. Some other, uh, some synonyms for the word rope. Uh, as a noun, there's cord, cable, line, strand, hawser, and string. Rope is a verb. There's tie, bind, lash, tress, pinion, secure, more. Ooh, more might be good. Fasten, attach, hitch, tether, and lasso. Oh, a hawser is a thick rope or cable for mooring or towing a ship. I just learned something new. I'm trying to think. I think the term that was historically used was rigor. Hmm. Um. Oh gosh, what's a cool? Hmm. No, I'm trying to. I'm trying to come up with. Something with sails or mast. So, uh, what what does the term rigor like? Uh, what what did you mean in that context? Uh, he works on the rigging on the sails. He takes care of the sails. He takes care of the ropes. He takes care of the pulleys. I mean, I guess technically the bosun is in charge of taking care of the ship's equipment in general. Acro rigging. Acrobatic rigging. And there we go. Yeah. 
like there can be multiple techniques for it, but uh but yeah, I think I think uh he goes, I, I learned acro rigging. Um, as some of you maybe saw me <laughs> struggle with, you know, earlier. But I, I got I got kinda good at it, so you know, I'm just a little little rusty, a little out of practice. Haven't had to use it as much in the warehouse. But now I'm back on chips, so I look forward to working more closely with everyone. So uh, Varela kind of pipes up and says, Ah, Acro Rigger, you'll have to run some drills with me. Oh, boy. <laughs> he goes, yeah, and you just kind of like an audible gulp. and he's like gotta start working out again that is very interesting thank you for sharing Wilhelm Tulin Tulin sees everyone staring at him expectantly um I'm terribly sorry but that was really loud down there I think it affected my hearing, and I only caught about three words of what everyone is saying. I have no idea what's going on. Hmm. And then Faust is just going to repeat herself, except louder. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, thank you. Uh, my name is Tulin. Uh, obviously, I am a Grawl. Uh, I do... Uh, a little bit of everything, some tinkering, some engineering. Um, let's see, the uh, that whole ship lurch thing that was me. Uh, I'm going to have to think of a way that we can do that remotely next time because that's <laughs> really loud. Um, let's see, and something people don't know about me. Well, I imagine most of the crew doesn't realize that. Uh, I was actually raised by dwarves, so I probably identify more with the dwarf culture than the Grawl culture, uh, but I'm going to go lay down. <laughs> um, well, hold on, Tulin. Um, do you mind if I help your ears? Oh, that would be wonderful. So, Aaron, my friend, I would like to try to, and I, let me know what you want me to roll for this, because I would like to kind of jump into the healer aspect a little bit. So I've got diagnosis, I've got first aid, and then I've got my arcane uh, mind and body magic. Okay, um... So why don't you do a uh, diagnosis roll first? All right. Yay, I finally made one. Um, I rolled an eight and my skill's at 11. Okay, so you uh, examine Tulin's ears, or the little uh, ear holes where, you know, crawl, <laughs> you know, <laughs> cure through. And um, interestingly enough, the Aurai are really good at ear problems because with their dark vision, they can see in there better without a light shining directly into it. So you look into uh, the ear canal there and you see that uh, his eardrum is very irritated. It's like, it looks like it's kind of ruptured from 
the sudden noise. And it will probably heal eventually, but it's going to be pretty painful and not very useful in the meantime until it does. With that, part of me is just like, that's what magic's for, right? It certainly can be. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I would like to expedite that healing process and make it a little bit less painful. All right. Ooh, this is our first arcane magic roll of the campaign. Exciting. Nice. Yeah, I got that by four. Woo. Okay. So, also, how much um, MP is that going to cost, Aaron? Uh, two. Okay. And also your uh, divine magic spell would have cost that as well. Okay, so 21 minus two. Minus two and minus four. Okay. Yep, I can do this. All right. So healing energy flows out from Fausta into Tulin's head there. And Tulin, you just feel like this sense of relief as the magic seeps in. And then the inside of your gets really itchy for a bit as the healing accelerates. And a few moments later, your uh, ears are doing a lot better. Like it's still itchy, but it's not hurting anymore. And itchy, itchy, itchy. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ow, oh, oh, that's better. Oh, itchy, very itchy. I didn't know your ears could get itchy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they, they can, but it shouldn't hurt. Oh, yeah, thank you. It, it definitely feels much better. I can certainly hear at least. Oh, thank you so much. That was not pleasant. I, <laughs> I drastically underestimated how loud that was going to be. Definitely need some sort of remote if we're going to try that again. Yeah, you said that. Well, thank you for <laughs> giving it a try. Oh, of course. I'm just excited it worked. I think we can do it better. I certainly learned a lot. Like the main thing I learned is not next to stand next to the damn thing. That does sound like a pretty important lesson. Anyway, did we did we accomplish what we set out to do? Did we? I forget. Were we running away from someone or running towards someone? Did we get there? Yes, we got there. Oh, that's yes, a to all accounts. <laughs> <laughs> And that brings me to what our mission is. And Faust is going to look at Wilhelm and go, if you don't mind, debriefing. Yes, uh, absolutely. So, uh, our our first, the first part of our mission is to make it to the Fathomless Heaven in order to conduct an investigation. Um, that is, that is um, part of. Lady Fausta's um, graduate program. Um, She has been tasked with uh, investigating some things that took place on board in order to find some truth in the things that took place that led to, that potentially led to what happened to the Fathomless Heaven. In addition to this, um, a new mission that we have upon us is to recover any Aurai and 
And I think he looks at her and goes, Verathi as well? Anyway, recover anybody that boarded the ship that was um, commandeered from one of the fleets and taken towards the Fathomless Heaven as well. Um, and a, a recovery effort was made by the by the armadas that um, did not prove fruitful, and hopefully we can succeed where they failed. Um, does that about cover it, Lady Fausta? Yes, well done, Wilhelm. Thank you. Um, yes. So, one thing that I would like to iterate is this is a recovery mission. Um, you know, I want everyone here to stay safe and, you know, maintain the safety of, of our crew and of our ship. Um, she's going to look at Tulin and say, um, you know, I, I don't see the benefit of using lethal means unless it's absolutely necessary. Are we understood? Oh, I certainly agree. Actually, I would like to take a moment to recognize the the little uh, stag hair beast for alerting us to the situation with the other ship. Had he not gotten my attention, things could have turned out much differently. It just so happens that uh, Pelly is there and Varela kind of gets like this almost proud mama look on her face and goes up and like scoops Pelly up and like <laughs> gives her like kisses down her rabbit back there. Oh, <laughs> that's the content I'm here for. <laughs> I think, I think Wilhelm genuinely starts a round of applause at that. He's like, yeah, <laughs> go Pelly. Everybody claps and, in the wake of the round of applause, Malin um, kind of turns to Fausta and Wilhelm. He says, so when we arrive at the ship, um, will you be expecting us to stay aboard or will we be embarking with you onto the fathomless heaven? Um, how many women crew members do we have on this ship? Well, let's see. Uh, we have Varela, and he kind of counts off in his head. So there's, there's, um, let's see, what am I going to say? Did you, you know what? I'm going to actually roll to decide how many there are. No, it's not going to be that number, though, so I'm going to roll it again. Do, 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 there are six. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, Maylin, as much as we could use your help, I would like you all to be on standby. Um, and then I'm just going to relay the message that Queerdon told me about the strange effects that have been going on with the women. And I would just like um, the women of the ship to take extra precautions. Being around the Fathomless Heaven, we don't want anything bad to happen. Um, and I think Wilhelm also states, we've also seen that uh, some of the other parties that were contracted by the dragon's hand cannot be trusted. And so I think it would be unwise to leave the ship totally unmanned. Um, so not only do we want to keep the ship manned, we want you on high alert. 
I have a few modifications to work on while we're at it. I think we can seriously upgrade the weaponry of this ship. Oh, really? That should be interesting. I think any little bit will help. Especially seeing how we've already been attacked by demon summoners. So, um, yes, every little bit will help. <laughs> Agreed. Um, if there's not any other questions, I thank you all for being here. And you are dismissed. So, uh, murmuring breaks out, like post-meeting murmur type of things and people shuffle off. Most of them are headed back up top to resume their duties and so forth. Is there anything you guys would like to do now? Miss, Miss Fausta, may I have a word? Certainly, Tulin. What's, how can um, I help you? Well, I get the sense that you're displeased with me about something. Well, Tulin, I don't know if displeased is necessarily the word that I would use to describe it. I am doing my best to try to get to know us all. And I think she's going to, you know, gesture to Wilhelm to stay where he's at. <laughs> um, you know, Tulin, we haven't, we've only been working together very closely for a few days and... I am very impressed at your skills. You seem to be quite the genius, but um, I am very worried that I, I need to know that I can trust you in situations to not lose that brilliant head of yours and do things that put this party yourself and Others at risk. Is this about me shooting that guy in the face? Yes. Yes. I had a feeling that was it. And I admit, I did lose my temper. Let me try to... Let me try to explain it in ways that you might understand. Um... As I may have mentioned, my parents obviously were Grawl. And their ship was attacked by slavers, and it went down on Dragon's Peak. I was just a little tyke. I don't remember any of this, but I know much of the crew died. Some were taken. And my parents both ended up in a long sleep, a sort of hibernation that sometimes happens to our people. And I was raised by... Some very kind dwarves. But I kept seeing this same thing play out over and over. Of ships not coming back. Or ships coming back badly damaged without everyone on them. And I saw what it did to people. So, with your permission, I will use your brother as a hypothetical example. Suppose your brother Julianus made you a beautiful, exquisite glass bowl. Because he, he really is a wonder at glasswork. And you've never seen anything like it. Nothing has ever been that beautiful. Now, if something happens to that bowl, 
your brother could make another. He's a skilled craftsman. He could simply make another one, and in all likelihood, it would surpass the first in its beauty and because his skill and knowledge has improved since then. But if someone takes your brother, there won't be any more glass bowls. They've not only stolen the creator of the glass bowls, they've stolen the knowledge, all of the future creators of those glass bowls. All of that knowledge is, is gone. So things can be replaced. Sometimes things can even be improved from a suitable craftsman. But people can't. When you lose people, they're just gone. You're stealing not just the person, you're stealing all of their skills, you're stealing all of their knowledge, you're stealing the future, the past. Perhaps one of these people taken by the slavers held the key to the fog. And because we lost that knowledge, we still have to live with it. So, to me, the worst crime that there could possibly be is stealing people. Whether you physically steal them or whether you kill them, there's nothing worse. So, I've just kind of decided that, well, if you have no respect for people, and their lives, and what effect losing them would have on the world, then perhaps the world shouldn't care about what happens to you. So I simply remove the threat. But I see your point. It could have been a better time or a better way that it could have been done. Yes, Tulin, and I imagine it was, it's been very difficult to experience loss like you have. I do want to point out that just because someone is taken doesn't mean that they're lost, and it doesn't mean that they are gone f forever because there's always hope. And. I would like to give you just some advice, and maybe advice is not the right word. Two wrongs don't make a right. Maybe that man who you killed had his own family. Maybe, you know, we don't understand the circumstances or why people do what they do. He could have held the key to recovering those lost people and those lost that lost knowledge and by extinguishing that you extinguish a piece of a piece of this world that cannot come back i believe that in order to make a better future we need to build bridges instead of burn them and sometimes by doing that we have to show mercy. Tulin is just kind of staring at you with his mouth agape because he never considered that 
those people would also have families and there would also be that loss. Wow. You certainly have given me some things to think about, Miss Fausta. I, I suppose that is true. As evil as someone is, even they may still hold some keys to some knowledge that could ultimately help the world. I certainly have a lot to sleep on. While my ears feel better, I still have a really bad headache. But you can count on me, and I won't let you down again. Well, Tulin, get some rest, because we'll be... We should be arriving at the ship soon. So, thank you. Tulin wanders off and climbs into bed. In the uh, wake of this conversation, uh, Vagnera kind of steps up behind uh, Fausta there. He says, beautifully handled, miss. And then he just goes back to what he was doing. <laughs> I'm just imagining him like in formal wear and also an apron and just like slowly decorating a cupcake or something. <laughs> <laughs> Since he was making snacks. I'm just... <laughs> A renaissance auri. <laughs> so, um, before we move on, does Wilhelm have any reaction to this since he was in the room? Um, I don't know. I think he, I think he just kind of sat there and observed and he's just all like, okay, uh, it's good to see all of this take place. I think inside he's saying, you know, pretty well handled from, uh, Fausta's point i think that that was that was well done um yeah i don't i don't know that he has anything to add to that 